Match day three, Atletico Ottawa nil, York United one. the official podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. I'm Johnny MacArthur. I'm here with Patty Dornan every Tuesday all season long, giving you reactions, analysis, and hot takes. And Patty, a bit of a rough one, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah. Fucking hated that. Hated that. sucked, that. didn't it? That sucked <laughs> real fucking hard. fucking sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, all, it almost ruined my weekend. To watch us lose to Almost. York, our most yeah. hated rivals. Um, I mean, luckily for me, I got to go see the Rigue FC game on Sunday, and they won against Valmiera three nothing. So the That's weekend good. wasn't a total wash for me. Yeah. Um, but fuck, man, watching watching ATO give York their first win of the season. This ugh. is a, I said this immediately after the game too. I was like, we just lost at home to a team that lost to Vancouver at home. Yeah, this is every layer of this loss is just bad. I mean, here's a team that lost both of their opening games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never beaten them at TD Place, which uh, they mentioned on the broadcast, which is just makes us all the more annoying. You know, in all yep. in all competitions, in all competitions, I believe there's been nine draws and one win, and then one win, and then now they just edged it, so they have two wins to our one win. So it's just yeah, yeah, probably the most sucks. evenly contested match in the history of the league. And yeah, and to go on the losing cause... end of that. Yeah, and it was off a set piece. Fucking shocker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it sucks, man. We're back on the bottom of the table, which I don't think any of us want to be, especially yeah. after last season. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that being said, I think overall, um, especially in the second half, I think that the voice came alive. Um, oh yeah, which was good. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like, I'm, again, we're three games in the season, so we're not like too deep. Yeah. But in all three, well, I guess three slash four games. Mm-hmm. In all of them, we've just been real slow out of the gate, which I fucking hate. <laughs> it's not, honestly <laughs> we can it. we can re- we can start with that type of stuff right now. I mean, we can just talk about how uh, bad we have been to start this season. Obviously, it's our first loss out of four games, three league, one cup. But we've gone down. We we've conceded first in every single game this season. Yep. We've yep. conceded first in every game, and we've only came back for the win once, and then we've lost one of them as well. And we've conceded, you know, kind of early in a lot of them as well, I believe, was for at least first half, if not quite early in all of them. Yeah, I think it was, they were all before 25 minutes. Or no, I guess this one was 42 minutes, yeah, this, but this yeah, most, most of them the were end. early on in the first half. Um, and it's just so. not the way we want to go. And I mean, as no. we talked about in the cargo era, we never came back from being behind and we did that once. But I mean, if we're going to start going behind, like we can't be doing that if this is the way that we play. And we've been coming yeah. out of the gates so slowly. And it's been typical ATO that we've only been starting to actually play football two-thirds of the way through the match. And we're showing how dangerous of a strategy that is now with us just losing results. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I guess, I don't know. Speaking of Cargo, let's, let's hear what he had to say in the post-match. We have to look forward, uh, grab the good things that the team is doing, that there are many, and, uh, and move on, you know. We'll learn from, from what are we good doing that is, it can be improvable and, and, and continue. This is only the third round, uh, so it's very soon. Let's be calm. I feel that the team is in the process that is getting in the right way and um, 
I'm sure that the results uh, are going to arrive uh, soon. You got word for, for the fans out there who came and obviously showing dedication to supporting this team. Yeah, as, as always, uh, thanks, thank uh, their their presence, their energy, what they, they give us every single game. I think that is very valuable that today with the rainy day, they were there shouting and, and pushing the team in the second half. And and only saying that uh, we are going to keep working, we'll keep fighting and uh, we are not going to give up and we are going to move on so that we can uh, dedicate the three points soon for them. All right, well, you heard us. Yeah, there you have it. So, uh, Cargo himself wants to dedicate points to us, Johnny, the fans. <laughs> so, All right, well, I hope he dedicates harder because. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like you know what? I I I, I got to give him credit. Um, when you watch or when you hear, I guess you guys are hearing it, but when you watch interviews or hear, it's nice because even when Cargo knows that you know the the team got outplayed, it's it's like he's very calm and collected and he's like calculating a little bit like i yeah. find in post-game interviews or whatever after we even after we lose a match he's very like composed and it's like okay yes we did this we did this wrong we could have done this better you know and it's like they say like you you often learn more from a loss <laughs> than you do from a win right so yeah um you know all that to say i'm still on the on the cargo kool-aid you know gotta trust trust the process but if they could process a little harder <laughs> <laughs> from the opening whistle from now on would be amazing it's yeah no we we it's it's it really sucks to uh and 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 you know it's funny we mentioned liverpool on this podcast way too often but i mean it's been the story of the season for that as well conceding first almost every single game and then having to come up from behind <laughs> or, blowing a like, th- or blowing a three goal lead to fucking Tottenham. and and i mean this is like <laughs> this is like 2021 ato stuff here yeah. right when when we were constantly conceding first constantly conceding yep. first and early and penalties a lot of the time in that season but it was just constantly shooting yourself in the foot and having to come up from behind almost by design and now i'm getting flashes of that and i really don't want us to make that a habit so things have to change yeah i agreed so um yeah so that said uh i mean stats on the game we're we're it's pretty evenly split 52 48 possession in favor of york because you know that's our specialty is not having higher possession (laughs) um but we actually outshot york especially in the second half, 11-7. It's okay. This is, I've, I've never seen us lead every single uh, shooting attacking stat with shots yeah, on target, block yeah. shots, shots inside the box, shots outside. It's like, I, I've never seen us lead all of those before. So yeah, the only, earlier, the only stat we, like, we didn't lead was hit the woodwork, but that's because there was no post shots. Nobody hit side, so. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, when we were saying, oh, Cargo knows how to talk when coming back after getting outplayed, but we didn't get outplayed. That's that's the that's the big piss off yeah. about this game is that it wasn't typical ATO in that, you know, we sat back and absorbed pressure and like we yeah. we were controlling a lot of the game, especially close to the end. And it was just they got in with a sneaky set piece, two set pieces in four games we've conceded now. Yeah. And uh, and then they just held on, you know, they yeah, basically and, and, ATO'd us. Yeah, and and that's that's kind of one of the most frustrating things to see is like we know set pieces are an area of concern. I'm going to call it for the team. Yeah, and then it's to the see, same story last year. Yeah, so then to see the 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 foul, um, which I mean, granted it was a soft call, but there was a foul also right before that as well. So it was kind of like the double foul, and then Miguel got called on it, and you know they fucking babuli did what babuli does. Yeah. So it's it's. It's frustrating um, because we know that that's something that we should be concerned about. And the fact that we gave up <clears throat> fouls, obvious 
I would call them obvious fouls. They weren't like, you know, they were fairly obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, right at that spot, right at the top of the 18, like probably one of the most dangerous places for for a set piece. And, and we did it. So again, we did it to ourselves. Uh, I mean, it didn't also help like our long balls and cross accuracy were both fucking atrocious. 43% on long balls and 23% accurate on crosses. <laughs> so, so I mean, the, cro- the, cross- <laughs> the crosses one I get was because yeah. um, like near the end, and I, I watched this back like twice this game uh, because yeah. I didn't actually watch it live. Yeah, I put myself through that torture. Um, <laughs> I wasn't actually watching it live because I was at Cirque du Soleil and, you know, I wish I kind of didn't pay attention to the score and just continued watching Cirque du Soleil because I was literally having the time of my life. And then I look at my phone and then say we've lost to fucking York and that just ruined all of it. But anyways, if it made you feel any better, my daughter forgot about the time change and called me at 2 a.m. So I talked to her and then I was like, well, or was like just before two. And I was like, well, I guess I'm already awake. I might as well watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. I wish I was at Cirque du Soleil. I wish I could, yeah, I wish no, exactly. I could erase that from my mind. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so the 20, the, and then watching back again, you know, the last like 20 minutes was basically just cross an inshallah. And, oh, like, yeah, you know, yeah. They were, they sure. were clearing, 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 clearing. It was clearing. desperation so I, football. I get, I get it. I, yeah. I get why the crossing accuracy was that low. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. and interceptions. We had 17 interceptions in that game. That's Which was uh, yeah. I mean, that's actually a great a, stat for us. It honest. is. A, it is a good stat. Then also seeing that they had 26 clearances to our 10, just yeah. lends credence to that. Just crossed it in Shala that we were really doing there at the end. That they just kept clearing out because we just kept trying to trying to ping it in off of the wings. So, yeah. And I guess that that was one thing. I guess when we talk about promise promising areas of this game, because there's a few bright spots. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, I know Johnny and I are being kind of doom and gloom right now, but <laughs> there's a few bright, bright spots. Um, and to me. Even even midway through the first half, I was like, "Holy shit, we are defensively solid." Like to me, this was the first game I think of the three games we had seen before, where from a defensive standpoint, like the structure was working. It was like they they had no possession in the in the center. We were basically pushing them all into the center. They couldn't get crosses in. They couldn't play the balls through the wings, and it was just awesome, awesome to see. So to see that made me happy because I was like, "Well." Clearly, we've got it figured out. And then, you know, right before half to concede a set piece like that was yeah, ugh, completely real, real frustrating. And well, I mean, the rough thing about that, too, is that, yeah, we can talk about the fouls and everything that led to the free kick and we can yeah. blame or not blame. But I mean, that was also a failed clearance that resulted yep. in them regaining possession in that area, which True. should not have happened. Like, well, Met should have just absolutely booted that ball out rather than. Yeah. You know, Try and trying play to do his tricky ground, little Zidane yeah. moves like right outside of our 18 yard. Like, no, there was no need for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, um, yeah. So again, it was nice to see. I just wish it had been, you know, maybe a, I guess a little tighter. Yeah. But I mean, that's, that's the type of game that we played. Like you said, we were so defensively solid and we absolutely were. It, it took one lapse in judgment and then one piece of magic for it. them to, to poke yep. through. And then that's all they needed. Yeah, and I mean, to to me, that's the story of ATO just in general. Even last season, it was like when we were on, we were on. The, mm. the team was an impenetrable fortress. Yeah. But the times that we got dunked on was like we made 10 seconds worth of mistakes or a five-second yeah. mistake, and that's what cost yeah. us. So, you know, here we are. Yeah, which is rich to say because we do the same thing to other teams, right? So True. Sure. Away from well, home. Well, when anyways, we do it, it's cool. When they do yeah, it, it's we, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> away from home, anyways. Apparently, when we're at home, we can't punish anything because 
Anyways. Well, we can play. <laughs> I'm not even going to make we that. We could punish the dub. I was going to say we can punish the dub. Yeah, I was literally about to make the joke, and I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, we're so. gonna have, we have a mailbag question about that type of thing later. And, I mean, yeah. it is quite on, quite true. And you know what? I'm actually going to go ahead and throw a, a stat about this out right away. And we'll like to remind everybody that the last time we won a game at home was the 3-2 thriller against Halifax on August 17th. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Since then, we went through one, two, three regular season games and a postseason and a final game so five games last season since then without a win one other oh and now God. two other games this season since then without a win so that's seven games at home since our last win in that time we scored won two goals against york one against pacific none against forge and one against halifax so that's seven games and four goals Oof. Since we last right. went at home, don't like that. Our don't home like record is absolutely atrocious, and for the amount of work that CCSG does in supporting this team, it's honestly starting to get a little frustrating and not see the other side of the bargain being held up. You know yeah, what I mean? and I know it's easy yeah. to say you guys got to be better and score more goals, but I mean you have to be better and score more goals because this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I think we see it. Uh, you know, some of the photos and stuff you can kind of see it on people's faces, right? Like obviously, you come out to the game. You bring the drums, you bring the, you know, the noise and the, and the you know, stupid memes and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but to to not see the product on the field the way that we want to see it. And we, we saw it last season, like honestly, in the games that we did win, like the dub was electric. You and I were yeah. there for some of them. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think it's starting to get to the point where it's like, okay, well, when's the other shoe going to drop? When are they going to start playing well at home? Yeah. Versus, I mean, it's great to watch. Like we all, we all love watching ATO play away. We love it. You know, yeah. people go to the GCP, they have a few beers. The chat group is blowing up, and it's awesome because ATO plays amazing when they're away. And we saw it when we went down to York Lions Stadium when we played them on the road trip last time, and at the Can Champ this time. Like yeah. per, two perfect examples of the traveling dub getting a better mm -hmm. show than the the dub at home, which yeah. kind of sucks. It um, does suck. And you know what? You know what? It doesn't do. It doesn't do a good job of growing the game locally either. And obviously, um, well, yeah, you know, Ottawa's Ottawa has most apathetic fans, fucking city right? on, the, on the planet. So they want to go. They want to go and see wins. And obviously, we're doing a great job growing the game ourselves. Obviously, mm -hmm. networking, expanding the CCSG membership, expanding yeah. everyone's roles, bringing more people into the fold. We can only do so much ourselves. But when the team isn't getting the results at home. And you might hear this and say, but you literally won the regular season last season. And yeah, we did, but most of those wins were on a, a streaming service that most casual fans don't know exists and don't have. So they wouldn't yeah. have seen any of those games, right? The casual fan is going to be seeing the home games. And last season, we averaged one goal per home game. Yeah, that's right. That's what we that's averaged right. last season. And the fact that we haven't won since August last year, it's just, it's not good for growing the casual local fan base. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and so, he's again. Addressed. Hopefully, it's something that will be addressed in the next few games. But um, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I think we should maybe shift gears and <laughs> pick pick some silver lining out of this dog shit yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about um, some good parts of that game. Yes, Who, uh, who's who's yeah. out for you? Um, disappointment of a game. Yeah, I mean, I I I'm so glad Ollie Bassett is back. So fucking glad. When I, I saw was his very game glad to see him starting too. We were worried, 11. dude. Like I, know, I, was, I was sure like, it was going to be like four to six weeks hamstring. Yeah, there's a serious hamstring issue, <clears throat> and like, I think the entire 
collective CCSG. <laughs> we were all like, oh, good. I don't know how yeah. this is going to work without him. Yeah. And yeah, I think the boys held it together as best they could without him. But it was it was really good to see him back in. And, and you know, his his stats were pretty good. You know, 80, 81% accurate passes, four mm-hmm. interceptions, seven recoveries. Yeah. Um. So it was it was nice to see Ollie doing Ollie again. Yeah. Um. Even if it was a bit more of a messy effort, I mm-hmm. I would say, um, he's kind of the engine I think in in our in our center of the pitch, and and that's an area that we have a bit of weakness here because we don't have a true six anymore. So Sogo's gone. Um. Miguel uh, Saint Miguel's kind of filling that role, but I mean I'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, yeah. I don't I don't think it's the right role for him. No. Um. So so it's a bit of a gap, but at least with Ollie, he kind of covers a bit of that gap. Mm-hmm. And I'm less worried, um, you know, when he's out on the pitch. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, he's, he, he, all he does what all he does. And, I mean, our, <laughs> our, our formation was so fluid and changed constantly in that game as well with our subs. Mm-hmm. That is kind of, you know, the fact that he still held it together despite everyone sort of being thrown all over the place multiple times yeah. uh, was telling. And, I mean, it was also telling that later in the game, once our shape started to take a more advantageous turn, and uh, mm-hmm. some, some, we'll talk about one of the lads that was subbed on in a minute, that certainly helped that. Um, you could tell that our fortunes changed, and, you know, his uh, performance also started to shine even more. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, not having a true six is really starting to, to, to take its toll on elsewhere in the formation as well. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and again, we can't rely on Ollie to be everywhere all at once. So exactly. Sissoko exactly. was able to pull that pressure off last season. So I'm hoping yeah. we find some way to, to <laughs> dial the pressure back this season as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, next, I mean, I'm going to put uh, like disappointment to stand out. I really liked Abudakar Sacco this game. Yep. He was great. Uh, like a lot. Like, yeah. I think he was a dynamo, dude. He was so switched on. Yeah. I think he, and I like, I think he heard I, our last episode. Yeah, yeah, that's the real reason. He's 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 getting the getting the after the whistle the after whistle reverse curse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like we should talk a player and then they play amazing in the next game. So yeah, yeah, I, I like I like what he did this game. He he gelled really well with with Singh and and Gianni Del Santos on the left side. Eighty three percent pass accuracy. He had a, a shot, which is good. Mm-hmm. Five interceptions, eight recoveries. So again, it was he he put up a good game, and I liked to see that. Especially because you know you have Tiso on the bench who normally fills that left wing back role, yeah. and then to have Sacco out there doing the same, you know, to the level and, we expect and better, like those defensive stats: yeah. five interceptions, eight recoveries. That's that's very good. Yeah. That's more than yeah. you would expect from like a you know a flying wing back. I mean, he really yeah. did the business uh, defensively, and you know he just gave Paris G an absolute uh, uh, nightmare to deal with the whole game, and Max Ferrari as well. Like that was that was quite a, a battle on that side of the yeah. pitch. Yeah, so really like Sacco. I I want him to stay and keep doing that. That would be amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think he earned um, himself some starts with that performance. I, I, to be I honest with so, you, I think so because I think up until this point we've all kind of just had question marks around Sacco, yeah. um, and then to see him actually really shine out there um, on on the left side really I think put a little bit more faith back into having him in the starting eleven. Mm-hmm. Yep, amazing. So was was Max injured? Uh, he was, yeah, he was listed on the, he was cause report. he, yeah, yeah. Cause he wasn't on the bench. So yeah, no, yeah. cause otherwise, you know, what, what would, who would we have had on that side, you know, in the past, uh, uh, uh you know, it, it would, who would have been available actually, because Zach Waugh was also on the injury list. So it probably would have been either Zach Verhoeven playing left wing back or Miguel Acosta 2021. He played left back a lot. So I think that yeah. actually probably would have been the nailed on start. 
yeah, position he so. hasn't played this season despite playing three different positions so far. <laughs> it would have been his yeah, yeah. It does kind of it does kind of seem like they're they're just trying to find a spot for him. So, yeah. um, yeah. Um, and then my last pick, probably, uh, maybe a bit controversial mm-hmm. because of you know the giveaway, which essentially led to the the Babuli goal. Um, I liked Carl. We met this mm-hmm. this game. I liked him. I I don't I, I, he wasn't perfect. I don't think mm-hmm. he had a perfect game, but I loved how hard he shut down Mo Babuli for like the entire game. Yeah, it, it took it took Babuli getting a set piece to actually get a chance to score. Yeah, and so yeah, I remember like midway through the first half or right before they scored, um, I texted the group and like, man, I love how hard like we met is shutting down Mo Babuli right now because Babuli is fucking dangerous. He's a dangerous oh, yeah. attacking midfielder. Yes, and to see how well we handle well we <laughs> see how well <laughs> that uh, carl handled him yeah. um and then p- kind of pressed him to the outside where he was much less dangerous like out of the center of the pitch mm-hmm. um was awesome um and his stats were decent too you know he had 79 percent pass accuracy 67 percent tackles one four for six on ground duels three interceptions three recoveries That's i mean he was, yeah. and he was only just possessed a single time there and that go. was actually the the that was the, that was the attempted clearance was the dispossessed I think so but <laughs> but either way like I I just think it was good to see him keep pace with probably one of the most dangerous attacking mids in the entire league yeah and I mean we've talked about him before as the perfect Drew Becky replacement and there it is right there I mean he is mm-hmm. a perfectly serviceable in a three at the back center back and yep. amazing pickup for us in the off season yeah. agreed. Um, basically the only sort of player out there I could think of that was available at the time that would have been such a perfect like for like of losing Drew Becky and mm-hmm. now he's showing it. So, yeah, so yeah, I'm thinking like the thing is, is like, he's going to be keeping putting in these like 6.8, 6.9 out of 10 performances week in and week out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's, like, he's they a, won't he's be perfect. Consistent. He's consistent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's going to be Mr. Consistency. Like they won't all be perfect, but, but there's, they're also not going to be stinkers. No, like he has no. enough experience to know exactly what he needs to do on the day. Yeah. Yep. No, agreed. Um, and then I'm going to, again, I'm just going to throw one on an honorable mention um, only because he played only 31 minutes. Um, Zach Verhoeven. Yeah. Yeah. The, so the, for the, me, this the, it's funny that you put set. him in honorable mentions because he would actually have been on the top of my list. I would have made an oh, extension. Oh, well, there you go. Ex- you can talk this about week. it then. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. For me. I only for put me, him there because he only played like a third of the game. So. <laughs> No, and that's why it's a weird exception. But for me, he tops the list of standout players. I thought yeah, he was electric when fair. he came on. Yeah. 31 minutes played, 11 out of 11 accurate passes. Yeah, Only 24 touches. Accuracy. He still managed four successful dribbles. Yeah, Remember me, we were talking about this stat. in the last yeah. game? Yeah, in the last game, the we were like 16 stat. minutes. Da, 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 da. Four successful dribbles in 31 minutes. That's nuts. Yep. That is insane. Yep. Every time he had it, he was just dangerous and running through everybody. But I think that's 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 the the so far I think that's the best usage we've found for Zach Verhoeven is like he is the legs you bring on to like crush it out in the last thirty or you know twenty or thirty minutes of the game and six ground duels one as well so he he yep. was he was a strong force in the middle of the park that was also dangerous at the end and what one I want to I, I want to talk a bit about his new role in this game because okay. obviously. In his younger days, he would be like a right back or a right wing back or a right winger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last season, uh, we saw Cargo using him as like an inverted left winger a lot at the beginning. And then we came back. This game, yep. when he came on, he was like a free roaming number 10. He yep. was everywhere in that position. 
And the fact that he was tracking back and going forward, he was on the left, he was on the right, he would just pop up everywhere to pick up the ball. I was getting mad, mad Antoine Griezmann vibes from this guy. In, yeah. In that sort of role. And I was like, okay, if this is what he's capable of in that role, like I hope Cargo took note of how well he did and was like, maybe we need to be starting him moving forward in this type of, of formation. Yeah, like move I, Miguel I guess, back to the back where he belongs. Put him, put, have a double pivot of of Ollie Bassett and and Noah Verhoeven uh, in the middle with Zach Verhoeven roaming around in front of them, just feeding oh balls, oh leaving God. defenders in the dust, taking on successful dribbles. I thought Bro, he was fan fucking tastic. That is some that is I some fucking it. that is some Michelin star level deliciousness that you yep. just proposed. <laughs> so, Carlos, we know you're listening. Um, yeah. so you should definitely take our stupid advice. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I, mean, was, I would honestly, I would, I would love, yeah, I well, I would love to to see that because I think that again, Zach is one of those players that throughout last season and this season, yes, he's got I'm going to say limited minutes, but I mm-hmm. think every time he's come out or nearly every time he's been a consistent force on the field. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe we try and mix him in a little bit more. Um, I mean, there's a reason he won Fans Player of the Match, um, and it's literally for the reasons you just listed. Yeah. The fact that he was able to fill that that yeah you're right Griezmann style role um, was was ex- excellent. <clears throat> so if we can figure out a way to blend that in with the Verhoeven, the other oh the Verhoeven, <laughs> not Verhoeven, <laughs> which the announcers both had trouble with a, a, a oh, yeah. couple of occasions. It will always funny. be the case. I mean, it's yeah, just, you're asking for yeah. it there, but yeah. So uh, yeah, Ollie with the with the double V. That's I would love to see that. Yeah, and um, I mean. Obviously, last season, he was mostly a super sub, and we loved him as a super sub because he had some mm-hmm. iconic moments coming on as a super sub. But obviously, nobody wants to be that, especially not this early in their career, right? I mean, they yeah. want to be starting games. And seeing how when he came on, we basically completely changed our shape and then yeah. completely changed the momentum of the game. Um, oh, I was, I was honestly... It, I, I don't want to give Giantsopolis any credit, <laughs> but... The only reason that York eked out this win was because he had an incredible game. Because, because he put lot... a man of the match performance in the second half, he had to to keep them exactly because he had he to to keep them in exactly yeah. because I think in the second half, like it was all Ottawa all the time, yeah. maximum pressure, like yeah. shots and shots and shots and like yeah. So, I, so again, seeing... I don't want to give Nico any fucking accolades. But man, he had, <laughs> man, he had a good game. He had a great game. Yeah, but yeah. um, and then seeing that happen and seeing our entire sort of momentum switch when he came on because we switched the the formation and the strategy yep. makes me wonder. Okay, maybe we come out of the gates that way next time. Because obviously this just works better. And I mean, when you also look at how he's been managing Zach's minutes this season, game one, not in the squad. Game two, stayed on the bench. Yeah. Game three, 15 minutes. And game 30 four, minutes. 30 minutes. So this is just textbook easing someone into the team. In my opinion, anyways, if we're reading between the lines, I feel like that's what's happening. I think he's yeah. being eased into the team, possibly coming off of some sort of knock. We know he had issues with that last season. So yep. I'd like to think that he is being eased into the starting 11 rather than just continue to be used as a super sub because we could really yeah. use this type of energy right off the bat. Yeah, even if even if for the next game or two, they, they looked at yeah upping his minutes and maybe he plays the the first half plus, you know, 10 minutes. Or maybe minutes 45, maybe you know, yeah, he, 60. He hits, then... Yeah, he hits the 60. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's options there. I think that he's he brings like, yeah, a bit of an X factor, I think, yeah. um, out there on the pitch and we got to see it. So. So Zach, keep doing what you're doing. We love you. Uh, it was uh, it was it was a delight to watch him come onto the pitch. He brings joy. 
He does bring joy. <laughs> and now on to people who don't bring joy. Don't bring joy. <laughs> oh, that sounded so mean. <laughs> yeah, it's Maria, Maria Kondo over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Does oh, it spark so joy, Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Sammy I mean, fucking Salter. Sam Salter. Only, I got a... one nailed on person in this list. Oh, my God. I got to talk about this kid. I wanted so that badly to, to, to love the fact that we signed Sam Salter. Yeah. Um, we shit on him so hard last year when we were playing with Halifax. Um, but I wanted to fucking be wrong. I wanted to be wrong. I didn't want yeah. to be right. Cause like when I saw the transfer and like, I think again, that was, that was one of the transfers that shocked a lot of people. Cause we're like, mm-hmm. Oh, what the fuck Sam Salter is going to be the first person to get a, a transfer fee in the CPL. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, he played 59 minutes of this game. So like mm-hmm. two thirds of the game, 19 yeah. touches. Yeah. 19. 40% on ground duels and zero shots. And I'm like, bro. Zero shots, supposed- bro. And that's not the first time we've said that. This about is the this guy second this or season. yes, yeah, at least the second game in the last <laughs> yeah. four yeah. that that he's had no shots. Yeah. Um, you know, I just I just think honestly, I think he he needs more time to develop. And that means to me, more time on the bench. Um, which which sucks. I I would honestly be shocked if he started the next match. It's I just I want to pull out the quote from the from office space when it's like, what would you say exactly you do here? Yeah. <laughs> Being a striker playing 60 minutes and having I'm a people person is just it's un, it's inexcusable. And I mean, you know, is this is this a situation like with Brian Wright last season where someone is being so sort of, you know, left out in the cold on an island by themselves at the top that they look worse than they are? But I, but I, but I don't I don't think that because look at know. what like guys like Gianni Dos Santos have been able to produce in the exact same formation that Sam Salter is operating yeah. in. And, and yeah, granted, I Dos Santos, I would say, is like a faster player than, mm. than Sam Salter. But like, man, that, that break where it, the, I think it was one of the one of the York defenders misplayed an air ball and like got basically salter got a break i was like oh you yeah. should fucking like if you're he should have scored that yeah and i was just like he or was at least get a sl- shot off <laughs> yeah and he was just too slow and i was Instead like he just got jockeyed off of the ball i was like come on bro like this is like, where you this is, is where you should be excelling yeah yeah, yeah this exactly, is the type so. of player that you should this is he's, a, fucking, he's a big dude at. sam salter's a big, a big guy boy you should be muscling that defender off the ball and then getting a banger of a shot off you know yeah exactly so so yeah um yeah, I would, I would, I would be sh- shocked if he starts at, at the top in the next match. Um, it's it's yeah. it's weird because I wonder, like, with our formation change at the end. Obviously, by the time Zach came out, um, Malcolm Shaw was already out there. Um, I'd be interested to see how he would do in a, in a in a sort of switch of, of philosophy like that. But I mean, you I know, we might that, never know I think because that, again, personally, I think that that's 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 a more palatable switch for me is like Malcolm Shaw starts and then if he's gassed midway through or you know halfway through the second half that's when you maybe bring on Sam Salter because he's again we talk about him. he's a big dude yeah. he you know if we're going for the wild tall crosses that we were doing for the you know last 10 minutes of that of that match mm. yeah having a tall striker like Sam Salter maybe that's the role that he plays yeah is yeah you're kind of like the closer of you know of the of the forward line so that we yeah. can get a get a head and shoulders up for those types of plays yeah. um but uh, but i do think that malcolm shaw has consistently outperformed sam salter in almost every match that they've played so far this season oh yeah i mean he laid it bare in this game i mean him coming on was a complete switch i mean looking at his hold-up play looking at how he can play yeah. with his back to goal like watching him receive the ball and then on the turn get a shot off you know it's, it's, yeah. it wasn't on target but like seeing him be able to do that 
was like, this is the type of stuff that Sammy should be good at or should be yep. learning to be good at if he's going to be that big target man striker that he currently isn't showing himself to not be good at. Yeah, so I think that, that for that, that's going to require a bit more training and, and less, less start time, unfortunately, for Sam. So. Yeah, and I mean, he, he obviously was really, really upset to get <laughs> subbed, which good, you should yeah. be upset to get subbed, but I mean, I wonder, is, is he upset at the coach or is he upset at himself? That's that's yeah. the big difference, I, right? I and, would I would hope it was the the latter, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, because after a performance like that, like I could understand being frustrated with yourself. Oh yeah. But I would also in my you know, if I put up stats like that as a forward and my coach subbed me off, I'd be like, Well fuck, obviously. Like if I was a coach, I would do that. <laughs> like He probably still had in the back of his mind memories of what it was in game one when when Cargo basically, you know, kind of shit on him in the press conference afterwards. So yep. maybe he's got yep. that in his mind, you know, it's, it's, it's a monkey he's got to get off of his back. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and we're obviously helping with that because this is part of the rehabilitation <laughs> plan for poorly performing players. It's <laughs> listening to Johnny and I talk about it every week. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Sam Salter makes his way off the disappointments list like yeah. Sacco did. Um, number two, uh, I, yeah, I hate two weeks in a row. I, I hate it. Nathan Ingham had not a great game. I don't think. And I hate it even more because Giant Sopolis had a fucking fantastic game. Yeah. If if only for letting in a second free kick goal in four games. You know what I mean? Like that's But just, it wasn't only that. Like he was he was thirty eight percent on long balls and seventy eight percent on passing. So like that's oh, not tons. again, as a goalie, you're you should you should be giving away way less. Like long mm-hmm. balls understand sometimes they don't go your way, whatever. Mm-hmm. But under eighty percent for accurate passing, like ugh, as a goalie, <laughs> that's rough. Um so yeah, you know what? Like he at, you know, if I'm going to address the elephant in the room, he absolutely misread that set piece. Absolutely misread it. Oh, yeah. He dove yeah. late. And I mean, it was yeah. also just it was also a situation where someone in the wall didn't jump when they should have. And yeah, I mean, which we have, we've had experience. With. Oh, no. Yeah. This is, the, this is <laughs> the second time this season, the third time in recent memory I can I can think of it. But uh, yeah, it's becoming a problem. And I mean, I know last season we kept talking about how we, we concede on set set pieces far too often. It's a glaring gap in our coaching, clearly, and yeah, uh, so, needs to be addressed. Exactly. So, I mean, as as nice as the the, the free kick by Babuli was, I I think it was savable, and you could see it on Nate's face afterwards when he like slammed the ground. It's like fuck. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, he knows. <laughs> well, I mean, they're so, gonna the teams are gonna start wising up to it. You know, Pacific definitely saw that. They're they're gonna say, guys, get a free kick in that area like that. Yeah, and then put the Manny box. Aparicio yeah. on it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we're going to do. That's you. No, please don't. I, please I will don't eat that. my hat if they don't get a free kick in that area on Saturday. <laughs> uh, you heard it here first, you know folks. I mean? Johnny heard it here. video, video himself eating his hat. Yeah. Um, I might deep fry happen. it first just to make it palatable, but I will eat it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm really hoping that, you know, Nate moves off this list. Um, because it's yeah, to me it's it's a it's a dangerous position to be in, especially going into the next three games, two regular seasons and a can champs, where yeah. we play Forge and Pacific at home. So <laughs> it's not a great it's not a great lineup for a goalie to be having. I'm a bit in of a danger. So, yeah, exactly. Literally, like, I'm in danger. It's literally how ATO fans feel right now. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, oh, so that's great. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So Nathan Ingham, and then probably lastly, and also most unfortunately, uh, Saint Miguel. I. I. It's just not the don't position li- for him. I don't like him in the position that he's been playing. I yeah. don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried it. Neither of them were spectacular 
you know, neither of them were a spectacular showing for our patron saint. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he dribbled past twice, committed three fouls, including the one that Bibbulu scored off of. Only won half his tackles, dispossessed twice, and went five for 13 on ground duels. It's not good like, enough for a, for a no, it's just not. no, especially if he's filling that role in the in the six. So it's it's not great. It's a messy match, but I think the bigger issue is like he's just not suited for that role. Because Miguel, like we've seen him put out some incredible performances. Well, he was he even better stop. in the second in the last third of the game when he got moved back to right center back. He he was yeah. back to his old self, and I was like, man, I wish you were there all game. Yeah, yeah. So again, I'd like to see him sitting further back on the pitch and yeah. just putting him, you know, putting up the type of stats that got him sainted in the first place. Because yeah. there's a reason he was deified, and it's not playing in the six. Yeah. Well, the whole midfield was better when he moved back, right? And the thing is, is that if you're gonna have a lone six behind Ollie and Verhoeven, like they have to be switched on, and it's got to be someone yeah. like Abu Suzoko. And Mikel Acosta is not that guy. So either you have an Abu Suzoko type of six to put behind them, or you make them the double pivot and then you put an AM in front of them. And that's how we, that's how we have had some success this season. Obviously the last part of this game or earlier we'd have Antonaro in front of them or, or Bahus in front of them or something like that. But it's, it's just, it's not working with him as the lone six. And I mean, yep, this is, agreed. this, this is the part of, this is the elephant in the room, right? I mean, this is the part of just a massive recruitment failure in this off season in that part of the pitch. Um, yeah, it's agreed. clear they had a target that they really wanted and they went all in on it and it didn't work out and they had no plan B because otherwise we're not starting Miguel Acosta at fucking number six, two <laughs> yeah, games exactly. in a row f- after the fourth game of the season. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, so. he's on the list, but it's not his fault. That's what, that's yeah. what I'm going to say. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Miguel with an asterisk. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you got anyone else on this list? I mean, apart from, you know, I guess those three. You know what? Not really. I mean, it's, I thought it was just it was just a poor performance all around on the first half, and then the second half we just threw the kitchen sink at it, and then came came across a defensive keeper masterclass and just couldn't break through. You know, yep. I think our disappointments are what they were, and then that was it. I think the areas of for improvement are for the team as a whole and for the coaching as a whole because we can't yeah. be coming out uh, coming out of the gates like that anymore. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 completely done getting scored on first all the time i yep. fucking hate that yep. <laughs> i hate that for us yep um do yeah. you have any other areas for improvement other than just that <laughs> uh, yeah uh i mean yeah other than the lackluster first half i just think we need to fucking plug that hole in the center of the pitch and i don't want to beat a dead horse but i'm gonna pull out my baseball bat and do it right here <laughs> our defense had a hell of a game we were it was probably or, organized more organized and tighter than i've seen in a long time yeah uh, but holy shit the, the the space between the six and the eight especially when defending is our achilles heel right now we just we yeah. don't have anyone to fill that gap mm-hmm. um i mean no verhoven was able to take off a little bit i think overall but not enough to like Man, boy, howdy. I fucking, I miss Sissoko. Like, in yeah. games like this, I was like, oh, God. Like, I miss his physical presence just, like, yeah. sitting in that role because it left a lot of gap space for York attackers to fill. Um, even, you know, Brian Wright, who, again, everyone knows my feelings on Brian Wright, I think. Uh, you know, he was able to actually have space to work in that zone, and I hate it. I was like, man, 
This is going to be where fucking Brian Wright gets revenge and scores. On us. I was going to say, and <laughs> I was and so I, terrified yeah. all game of that. Yeah. So I said, it, I said this in the group chat too. I was like, if Brian Wright scores and celebrates in front of the dub for the first time, I am going scorched earth on the pod. I swear to God, no one's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God that did not happen. Yeah, but it, but it, it should. He still have got even... to walk out with the win, which was uh, frustrating yeah. itself. <laughs> yeah, agreed. So, do you have a, a moment of the match? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the moment of the match was the shitty set piece. Honestly, that was that's the game changer, I think, which sucks. Mm. Um, but for me, I would say it's like a like I talked about a bit earlier, like a series of moments, and I loved seeing Babuli so whole, like fucking just completely neutralized. Yeah. Like he was, he was just a ghost of a player out there. Um, which just sounds weird to say because he scored the goal, but like he scored it off a set piece. He mm. couldn't, he couldn't get anything on the net. Until he had a set piece. Yeah. So, so I, I liked that. I want to see more of that. Um, it gave me a little bit of a ray of ray of sunshine in an otherwise, you know, not great performance overall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it for me. What about you? You got, uh, you got a moment? Basically just, I know it's frustrating to see the last 15, 20 minutes of us not being able to break through, but I mean, watching the sort of the dynamic, the different dynamic ways that we attacked their box that we attack their net in those dying moments of the game for me was like holy shit if we can do this the whole game um we can we can you know because we were playing some of the most fluid pretty football i've ever seen us play yep and i was like where the hell was this where the hell was this all day (laughs) but that's just it like i mean we've talked about it in the last episode we were like we would love to see that type of play from the opening whistle instead of just being like well don't worry. Like I'm so fucking sick of telling my wife that ATO is is, is the second half team. Yeah, I no, it sucks. Hate. That's not what I we want to see. Every game. We don't want to see game. that anymore. Those yeah. those those beauty floating crosses to the back post that you know were just uh, missed. Those those uh, low those low crosses where Assi misses the chance again. Uh, those sort yeah. of those 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 through balls where we get caught up with the defender. Like I want to see that happen more yep. and more and more. I want to see those chances. Yeah, agree. Yeah, none, none of this sit back and absorb pressure because apparently we can't do that anymore. Because we nope. absorb, we we concede first. We absorb too much pressure. We get scored on. <laughs> Christ on a bike, Patty. Yes, yes, sir. Anyways, let's 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 move on. You've heard enough from us. Now it's time to hear from you. CCSG mailbag. It's the mailbag, ladies and gentlemen. Mailbag. Welcome to the mailbag. Uh, for those of you out there who are listening, um, this is the part of the podcast where we get to ask you for all of your quandaries, your your terrible ideas, your stupid takes, your smart takes, everything, everything you want to throw into our mailbag. We'll read it out, answer it. Um, you can hear Johnny and I's thoroughly researched and definitely not spur of the moment opinions on what you've sent in. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's one of the best reasons to join CCSG is because you get a section of the podcast that is just for you. Just for you. Just for you out there, CCSG members. So let's uh let's let's start it. Um yeah, I'll I'll, I'll open for you. Yeah. At Atleti want that home win next weekend, but how do they manage the match when they have a very crucial trip to forge for a Voyagers Cup match? So this is true. Our next home game is on Saturday and then we have Forge away, I believe in the on cup on Wednesday. Tuesday. I think it's on Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday, yeah. It's a, it's, I've, I've noticed this you because you're looking at Riga time. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's oh, I do. Riga yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's, yeah. My, my says no. It says Tuesday at 7 p.m. Uh, okay, oh yeah, no. It, it says Wednesday for Riga time. <laughs> yeah. Because okay, yeah. it's 
two eight so two, two in the morning. So Tuesday against Forge away. Um, so how do we manage the match? I don't really care about looking forward to the cup. We want to first win at home. This 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 game is going to be a big not just because I'm going to be there. Boom boom boom! I'm going to be there on Saturday, everyone. I'm going to say hi to everybody. I'm going to be at the GCP. I'm going to be there really early, so I'm going to be drinking all day. And Hell yeah, bro. Get it. <laughs> but, Get uh, it, Johnny. Get yeah. it. <laughs> yes, girl. But not just because of this, but because this is going to be a huge push, huge theme match. Um, uh, we're debuting our new kit, which I'll talk about later in the show. Um, just this is a big one, and we re- the weather is going to be gorgeous. There's going to be a huge turnout for this game, our biggest one since the uh, opener, most likely. Um, and we really, really need this win at home, especially after this loss. So, yeah. you know, that's, I, I think we 100% go for this. Yeah, we want to go further in the cup. Getting past the first round for me was, was satisfying because we'd never yep. done it. And now we go away to Timbits Field and we're probably not going to do well. You know, I'm going to say, it. I'm going to do the dodgeball thing and we're going to, we're playing them in Timbits Field and we're probably going to lose. I don't know. It's a, I know it's but not you a say thing that, that people but the last time hear. we played at Timbits Field, we, we won. This is true. And I'm only saying that to temper my own expectations. And Ah, uh, <laughs> it's like a, yeah, it's like a reverse psychology, but on exactly, yourself. <laughs> exactly. I would love to go there and play a perfect vintage ATO away game and win, but uh, I'm yes. very much tempering my expectations to the point where I don't care how that game goes. I want the win on Saturday. I, I want the win at home. I want to score some goals. So that's how I'm going to approach and totally not biased at all because you're going to be there. That's not exactly not biased at all. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to give this to you. This is a repeat from last. All right. Well, let's hear uh, it. I'm bringing, I was, it was brought to my attention again. And I think it's a great question because I think we probably have done a complete 180 on this question since last Uh week. When do we press the panic button on a lack of clear identity compared <laughs> to last you year ask this question. and the seeming mercurial results and inconsistent performances? Um, I think the panic button can, you know, again, you, you nailed it on the head <laughs> for a 180. I think, yep. I don't, I don't want to say it's a panic button, but I would like, I would, I would like press it like halfway down at this point um, because I think that we're starting to see a trend. I mean, starting to see a trend. We've conceded the goal, like, for the other team in every single one of our matches, we've always conceded first, which fucking yep. sucks. And that's yep. not that's not our identity traditionally. No. So to 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 see that and then, yeah, mercurial results is an understatement. Like mm. you got the 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 draws that we had, and then you have the can champ game where we went down, but then came back and just crushed them out in the second half for three goals, and then you have this game where. We go down a goal and then absolutely dummy them in the second half and still don't manage to score. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that it's going to take some shifting positions. I think some players are going to have to move around. Um, I think that we need to find a a cork to fill the gap in the back of the midfield. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, I think we should start using our players more to their strengths and less to like this little bit of like, I'm going to call it experimental play that we've been doing where it's like, oh, well, Miguel can fill this role and then maybe we'll try Sam Salter at the top and like da, da, da. like it's like okay great I get it that like off season you know we practiced a certain way we we worked on some stuff but it's not working it's not working at yeah. this point no, it's clearly four game, it's not working three three dash four games in and it's not working and we're sitting in eighth place on the table so I yeah. think now is the time to make the make the changes yeah, well, our first, our first two league results, I would have chalked them up to being unfortunate results. This, yep. is the, this is the first one that I think we can comfortably call an unacceptable result. 
Yes. You know, lo- losing losing at home to York after being the defending regular season champs and York who were sitting last in the table without a win. Lost to gave the franchise Vancouver FC their first win. Losing to them at home in that manner is truly an unacceptable result. And yeah. uh, it, things need to change. Yep, agreed. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you on this one. one. I'm going to ask you this one just because I, I want to say it out loud because it's fun to <laughs> okay. say. Okay. Because it, it was written very well. Why would you put salt back on the table when you had Shaw serving up red meat in the can't champ before that? Ooh. Oh, my God. Uh, yo, hats off to whoever wrote that question. That is that is excellent. 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 Uh, that's a good fucking question. Honestly, yeah. it really is. And we, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. I don't know. I don't know if it's just pressure because we spent probably ding, ding, a bunch ding, of money ding, on him. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> I like that you threw in the, uh, the, the bilingual on that one. Yeah, <laughs> the, no. the, the, the Quebec scratcher scan. Yeah, there um, but yeah, yeah, literally, I, I think that's the only reason that we keep seeing Sam Salter at the tip of the spear is because we spent money on him and the transfer fee. And we want to, you know, be like, no, we didn't waste money. It was goodbye, mm. and like and then we put him out on the field, and it's like fucking who is this dude? Like yeah. why why is he putting up such you know garbage stats when we have a perfectly like perfectly good if you know no he's not perfectly good he's an exceptional striker we have one on the bench and we sub him in for some reason late later later in the game is this a, is this a case of cargo having favorites and last season it was Brian Wright. Um, and now it's Sammy Salter. Ooh. Is it having favorites or having unfavorites? Like maybe a Johnny Mailbag. Here we like go. Maybe uh, he just doesn't like Malcolm Shaw as a starting striker, and that's why he's always left out in the cold. I, I would say I, I don't think so. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. I think that Cargo, in his mind, has kind of like what the perfect, the perfect formation looks like, and it's like on paper, this is like exactly what we need. Mm. This is should work. And, you know, then he puts it out there. And when it doesn't work, I do find sometimes he just like sticks with it being like, no, no, it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then it takes like one or two extra games before he's like, oh, maybe I should make a little bit of a tweak. Yeah. And we saw it last season, you know, mid season, we had a little bit of a slide. And then it was like, oh, OK, he realized like what he was putting out wasn't working. So he's like, OK, yeah. now I'm going to start making a couple changes here and there. And then we got, you know, substantially better in the last half of last season. So. Does he have a favorite with Sam Salter? Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe Sam Salter is a player that he, you know, took a shining to and really wants to develop and mm-hmm. see something in Sam Salter. I just think the issue right now is Sam Salter isn't to the level that we need him to be at, and we have a perfectly good replacement slash potentially a, a better solution for now um, until Sam Salter can get his legs under him and actually put out the performance that we, we paid that transfer fee for. And sort of, I guess, building off of that, because uh-huh. uh, the next one is, you know, was Salter's purchase a mistake? It was the first transfer fee paid between CPL clubs, and it looks like a bit of, of wasted cash. I hate calling a player a flop three games into the season. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think that, that this question is getting to the heart of the last question. <laughs> it's saying it in a bit more of a blunt way and being like, yeah. we fucking wasted money on this kid. Yeah. Like, I don't, again, I don't think, I don't think it's wasted. I just think, He's not quite where we want him to be, and I think he will get there. I think yeah. we all have seen, you know, some some flashes or some little bright lights 
with Sam Salter. I just think we need to start seeing them more often. Um, I think we had a lot of discussion. You know, I remember last season, we had a lot of discussion surrounding Maxime Tiso and him being just an inconsistent player. Mm. He was hot and cold and hot and cold and hot and hot and red hot and then ice cold, Antarctic cold, and then he was hot again. So uh, we we saw that and we talked about it a little bit. Um, well, a little bit. We talked about it a lot last season <laughs> on the pod. Um, and I And I think that right now we're seeing shades of that here where sam salter is is a player that we brought in in the offseason he trained with us he you know i think he's a promising player and but he just hasn't quite found his his ideal role in the system that we've set up and you can't write him off after three or four games i don't think so and like i put him on my shit list this week and but i don't he's not a write-off like i think he's a, a talented player and he has a role for us i just think he needs to find out what that role is and then that's how we should be using him yeah. So no, no he's not wasted cash. He's just no. you know he's an investment that might take a little longer to pay off. Yeah, it might be a long term project rather yeah. than a, an immediate uh, immediate impact. Exactly. Exactly. Um. um yeah, yeah. Why don't you ask me this one? Because I uh, yeah no that's a good, it's a good one. Is it time we admit that the team has performance anxiety at home? <laughs> I went on a long rant earlier in this episode about this. And I mean, it's got to be something. Like there's, there's, yeah, whatever it is needs to be addressed about why our home record is so abysmal. And I mean, even like we said, even yeah. with last season, you know, we only, we only averaged one goal a game at home last season. And that this type of thing is just carrying yep. into this season. And I mean, we don't want to go even further. Last season, we only won five games at home out of 14. Yeah. And we drew six of them. We had 14 yep. goals for 19 goals against. Negative five GD at home last season. Obviously, that's yeah. skewed by the 6-1. But um, it's just bad. Yep. <laughs> it's just bad. Only five wins at home all season out of 14 games. It's just... And you want to blame it on certain things. And I mean, personally, I think it's because the way that we play is, is more akin to being the underdog playing away from home. That's, yeah. you know, but that gets kind of old. You have to be able to do both, right? And we saw yeah. how being able to do one wins you the regular season, but not being able to do both doesn't win you the shield, especially when you earn a home, uh, home final. Yeah. Yeah, it almost puts us at a disadvantage. Exactly. Exactly. When being at home is a disadvantage, things need to be addressed. And whether it's performance anxiety or what it is, um, we have to admit that there is something wrong with our yep. home record. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I gushed about this guy. Now I want to hear you gush about this guy. How many <laughs> times does Zach Verhoeven have to work his way back into the 11? He's only the best fit for the Madrid system. What do we see that Cargo and Mista can't or won't see? Ooh, uh, I think he would have gotten a lot more time last season um, if he wasn't injured. Mm-hmm. obviously that's a fucking stupid like saying it now i'm like that sounds dumb <laughs> <It's> like, <"Dunny."> uh, <laughs> but no like i i think that he just maybe didn't have enough of a chance last season to quote unquote prove himself in the cargo system well it's not a dumb perhaps... thing to say because by the time he got healthy we already had a locked on starting 11 so it's hard to work your way back into that, that team when you're already three quarters of the way through the season so it's exactly not a dumb so, thing so that so but that's what i'm saying so like maybe it's Carlos with a little bit of because we know Car- Cargo is a very pragmatic coach. I mm-hmm. think yeah. he he he's very analytical and he likes you know obviously dealing with results. Like so because Zach spent most of the last season you know on the bench due to injury and stuff like that. 
yeah, he eventually worked his way in, but I don't think he ever got to the point where Carlos was confident with putting him in the starting 11 because there mm-hmm. just wasn't enough time. Yeah. Do I think that's passed now? Um, I think at this point we're we're in the we're in the window of like this can't not happen at this point. Like we <laughs> we we have a glaring gap in the middle of the field and yeah. like putting Zach Verhoeven in would would I think alleviate a bit of that pressure so that we can put Miguel back in the in the back line where he belongs. Yeah. Um so I think that's honestly what it is. I don't know about Mista, uh, whether, why he didn't like Zach, but I think that Cargo, it's more so just the fact that he hasn't had the time to see him on the field in the system that he wants to be running with the team. Yeah. And I think now we're at the point where we're four games, four games into the season, quote, like three, but four games in the season. And we've seen some pretty great performances from Zach. So like maybe now's the chance to give him that shot to put him in the starting 11. Yeah, I think I think him just sort of coming on and absolutely bossing it as like a box mm-hmm. box to box 10 as I want to call it um yep. for half an hour uh was kind of a watershed moment and I think for me to also answer that question how many times does Verhoeven have to work his way back in the 11? I think that he was the it. last time. He just I did think it. he just did it. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Keep my fingers uh, crossed because I've definitely said that multiple times over the past <laughs> two, three years, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what do we know? What the hell do uh, I know? I'm going to give you this one because it's yeah. a pretty good one. <laughs> some, some will say Johnny missed the ATO game, but really the dub missed Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> Rate the performances like a Fought Mob rating scale. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Echo, it's the world premiering in Montreal right now. It is absolutely fantastic. And like, I'm not lying to you. I'm very glad that I at least had something to watch to uh, alleviate the woes of that loss. <laughs> so Eddie sent me, I had posted some of the clips of it um, on Instagram because I was just flabbergasted. It's my first ever time seeing it. And I'm, I'm obsessed now. Whoa, wait, 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 rewind. You've never seen Circus Soleil? Before. Never, dude. Never is my first time. Bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, I'm obsessed. And yeah, I'm going so, to June, and it's like my fifth or sixth time. It's incredible. Amazing, Whenever amazing. it's playing, wherever I go, I'm like, yeah. I have to go see Well, that's going to be me now for the rest of my life. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then Eddie <laughs> sent me a message of one of the clips of people, like, jumping and flipping around on, like, a cube or something. And he's like, this is what ATO attackers do in the box instead of taking a shot on target. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so fucking true <laughs> uh, so anyways that's <laughs> i don't yeah, think I, oh I, God. I, I saw this question and i tried to come up with a better joke but i couldn't so i'm just gonna take eddie's joke for that one <laughs> <laughs> no that's really good i uh yeah agreed if you're out, if you're out there and you've never been to a cirque du soleil show you have to go it you is you have to do it it, honestly, I find that it really <laughs> every time i go to a cirque du soleil show i'm always i leave and i'm like man I'm such a fucking piece of shit. I'm like, look at, look, like, look what these people can do. And I'm like over Boy, here hosting I a podcast. Like, <laughs> it was like, oh, I'm out here hosting a podcast while these people are doing like backflips on yeah. fucking chair stacks. And yeah. like, oh, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. That. So. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm um, going to throw this last one to you because it's a great one. Um, okay. Or actually you, you can throw this one to me if you want. Let's, this let's is, both answer it. Let's yeah. both answer it. I feel so like this, this is, is like, this is, um, uh, re- related to our theme of our next match, which is it's yes. a week before Mother's Day, but it is the Mother's Day game. And uh, like mm-hmm. we said, uh, we'll be debuting our, our new third kit. Um, so if you can, you should bring your mom to this game. 
Yeah, you should. Um, so what is the best thing about your mom and when was the last time you called her? Ooh, um, yeah. Best thing about my mom. Um, I would say my mom is a very tenacious person. I would say my mom's tenacity. So the last time I called my mother was uh it would have been uh Saturday. So oh, yeah, nice. so this past weekend. Yeah, we had right a on. good you know, I talked to my daughter and then and then my mom and I had a bit of a, a bit of a, just a discussion and it was good. It was good. So yes. And you, Johnny, what's the best thing about your mom? So the best thing about my mom is um honestly it's kind of hilarious like when when i was like younger like my dad was in the army and then my mom my mom was also in the army but then she retired when uh when me and my brother were born and then um then she worked at like a dental insurance company and then we moved to europe for a few years and she kind of withdrew from the workforce and was like a stay-at-home mom for a bit um Mm. and then when we got a little older um and then my dad actually retired from the military um, my mom basically said, you know what, fuck that. I'm going to be the breadwinner of the house then because uh, I, am, I am, you know, going stir crazy in here. And she went yeah. back to school. She went back to oh, college. Awesome. She learned how to be a, a, a paralegal. Um, and when I got my first job, she got a job at the same grocery store as she was going <laughs> through like, to, 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 to go through mm-hmm. college, like to make some oh, extra awesome. money. And then now they live uh, in a gorgeous house uh, in uh, just outside of Halifax, Nova Scotia. And my mom has been the primary breadwinner of the family for like 10 years now. Yeah, that's um, amazing. So she basically like, uh, you know, in, in around an age when most people start thinking about retiring, she's like, no, you know what? I'm going to just go back to college and start a new career and really, yeah. you know, be in the driver's seat now. Um, and that's what she did. She yeah. said, fuck it. She just went ahead and did it. So I always thought that was extremely admirable. And uh, so for me, I think just that drive, yeah, um, oh, that's good. Was the best thing about my mom. And uh, last yeah. time I called, I think was probably I, ta- I I had a video chat with them. It was less than a month ago. We we generally chat on the video chat quite often, just because we are sort of like this far away from uh, yeah from each other. So we tend to do it quite often. I wish I could bring her to the game on Saturday, but like I said, she's in Nova Scotia, so. So what you're telling me is you talk to me more often than you talk to your mom. I talk to you more often. (laughs) Is that what I'm getting from this? My mom. This is true. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should remedy that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's good. Uh It's good. Honestly, I'm glad to hear that. Um, And I wish you could go to the game because I brought my mom to the game before, and it's Mm -hmm. excellent. And for those of you out there who are listening, and you're like on the fence about whether your mom would like it. Man, just bring him to the dub. It was a yep. vibe. My mom yep. had a great time. Like, That's true. Yeah, no, was your mom uh, Your mom was there at the final. I remember. That was, yeah, she was, yeah. yeah. That was the second time I met her. First time was at your wedding. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah, no, it was great. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. So, um, yeah, great. Again, another, another great, great mailbag. mailbag. I, love, I love it. Every week, I love just seeing the questions immediately before we record. I <laughs> just feel like, all right, well, I guess we're running with these. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked them so late, and it can be a bit problematic because then nobody has time to actually, you know, think of them and then submit them. But I don't like yeah. I don't like having time to think about it. I yeah, want I want to be it's... shown about how dumb I really am when I when I can't come up with a good answer for anything. <laughs> yeah, I literally <laughs> open the open the updated notes that we have for the podcast like yeah. two minutes before we start recording. So that's yeah. <laughs> no, good. It's good. It's good. Um, speaking of good things, though, let's talk about the dub and the hot stove. Mm-hmm. Hot stove was another banger. Obviously, your hot stoves are always spicy. Yeah, yeah. I uh, again, you know, I got to be up. At, I actually, I yeah, I tuned in to the hot stove this time, which is which is pretty good, even mm-hmm. though it was at two in the morning. Yeah. 
Um, it was banger, man. Uh, having no finish and the other York fans on was like actually a really good dichotomy setup by Eddie. Yeah, I think it was it was nice because as much as some of their takes were like real dumb, it was nice to hear someone that has just a different perspective on the 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 the, the team and the club. Yeah, other than us, because we're like, yeah, fuck York. Well, and then, a, and it then can become a bit of an echo chamber, can it? When all you do is listen to this pod and then just listen to us, or, or if when the hot stove doesn't have guests on it, and and uh, it can be yeah, a bit of an well, echo and even chamber, even so. just even just hearing hearing them talk about um kind of the 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 situation surrounding the purchase of York by CSB, yeah, and what the future of York United looks like, mm. and there was some some doubt in like their voices to just hear mm. them be like, oh well. You know, we're we're obviously struggling and the reason why we're struggling is XYZ. Yeah. And you know, we want to maybe look at moving and if we're gonna move, where are we gonna move? How are we gonna do the move? Mm-hmm. So again, it was just it was just an outside perspective that I think is interesting to to tune in and listen to. I, I honestly like the York uh the, you know, the hot stoves before York games are, are generally the best because we actually have York fans come on and, and debate. Yeah. And you know, it's it's a spirited mm-hmm. debate because I think we're all there for the same reason, which is to support Canadian soccer. Yeah, but it's it's interesting to just hear someone else's perspective who isn't a diehard ATO fan to be yeah. like, hey, have you guys thought about this? And we're like, yeah, we've thought about it. Now shut up, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So so it's good, and, and I'm really hoping that the hot stove continues to be, uh, you know, one of the flagships for for CCSG. Oh yeah, um, I would love to see maybe you know the next Halifax game we have bringing on some Halifax fans. Um, yeah, we had, a, like, we had yeah. a few. We had a few in the hot stove before the last Halifax game, but other than Will, I don't think any of them talked. They yeah, maybe. And you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll reach out. I'll reach out to some people that I know because, like, a lot of my friends back out on the East Coast um, uh, are are you know pretty big Wanderers fans. Yeah. So I could probably reach out to them and maybe get them on the hot stove and even just to talk about like what they think from their perspective for for games. But I I, I just I guess what I'm trying to say is I want to see more of that because it was really yeah. cool to have that discussion. Because it's one thing to be like, yeah, here's who I th- here's why I think we're gonna win six nothing. But to be like, hey, who on York is actually good? Because most of those are like Babuli and Wright and Giantsopolis. But like, you probably can't name another player. A lot yeah. of ATO fans. Yeah. So it was oh, interesting sure. to hear that discussion. Yep. Yep. Um. So the dub. There was oh, awful weather for that. Uh, it looked like it was <laughs> shitty weather. So I mean, this is why we feel even worse that uh, you got treated with a loss. After the dedication yep. for going out uh, and cheering yeah. and singing and being and there I, for and that I, cold rainy and day, and again, I don't know, I don't know if the commentators jinxed us too because at one point they were like, uh, he was like, he was like, yeah, um, they're talking about Wally, and he's like, oh, maybe we'll see Wally this match. I was like, bro, why the fuck would you say that? You don't talk about Wally until Wally appears. <laughs> is, that gonna, is that a thing now? Is that the curse of yeah. the Wally? <laughs> it's the curse of the Wally. Oh, man. It's the same reason the Viking clap cut fucking axe. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, I, I feel like we got cursed a little bit. Um, but, you know, it was it was awesome to see because I love tuning into the live games at TD Place when mm-hmm. you're not at TD. Even when you're not at TD Place, because I get to, like see all of the people that i know and who are diehard supporters and you're like oh look there's joey and like patrick and like oh like the hoopers you know yelling and like eddie's at the front there's some good shots of eddie and like so so i loved that um it was cool yeah like i was was talking about earlier like i I went down and kind of joined in with the uh supporters supporters group here at the riga match Mm -hmm. which was fun like it was cool to go down and like you know i had a scarf and you know 
obviously they're chanting in <laughs> Latvian, which my Latvian's not great. Um, <laughs> but it was cool to do that, but it really just made me miss the dub and yeah. like the the family that is at the is in the dub. So mm-hmm. honestly, like keep doing what you're doing, keep bringing it to the pitch every week. I mean, you heard Noah Verhoeven talk about it. You heard Carlos talk about it. Like he, they're he, they're gonna bring us the points, and they honestly, I think, appreciate what you guys bring to the to the to the stadium every single week, yeah. every single week. Yep. Even in shitty weather. Even in shitty weather, and I mean, it's it's funny because the last really shitty weather game was the um. The two oh, it was a downpour one. The two one against Edmonton. The, yeah, that was the, a great the blue game tablet too. Double. Yeah, that was that was a yeah. legendary day in ATO folklore, and this will go yeah. down as the exact opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. So speaking of the dub, yes, like I said, next matchup Saturday, May six, seven p.m. Pacific FC. Uh, I will be there. Johnny will be there. That's that's the real reason to go. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gone to a game, you should go because yeah. Johnny's going to be there. Heck yeah. But uh, I mean, honestly, if there was ever a time to emerge like a beautiful red and white butterfly, it is the next <laughs> two weeks. Like I am fucking terrified of the next two weeks worth of games. So we've got Pacific at home. Forge away for Can Champs yeah. and then Vancouver. Vancouver away, which will be a bitch because we've never been there before. It's all the way on yep. the other side of the country and it's like, you know, whatever, four days after. So Yeah, so again, not a great lineup for us. I'm I'm actually very worried. Um you know, I I, I think we need to put some fucking points on the board because yep. we kind of blew it with Valor and now York. Yep. Um so we yeah, we just gotta smash smash both teams. I I'm with you. I would rather see us not win at Forge if we can win Pacific mm-hmm. and Vancouver. If we can, if we can kind of get the double on the West Coast, I would be much more happy than advancing in the Can Champs at this point. Yeah, no, I like I said earlier, I hope we just see an absolute smashing on Saturday. I want to see a great performance along with the win as well. Like I, I'd rather not eke out a home win. I'd take it, but I'd rather put have a a statement win. <laughs> You're like, I would just like to see Pacific FC completely collapse and us to beat them like eight, nothing. <laughs> I would like to see them fold the club the next day, but um, basically <laughs> I want, I want to see a nice tight defensive performance. I want to see his pocket. Yep. Eason Angaro the same way we pocketed Mobabuli. Um, and I want to score some goals, you know? Yep. Easy. Agreed. It sounds Agreed. easy to say, but you know what? Uh, Bryce's home goals ticker uh, flipboard right now is needs still to at go one. up. It's still at it needs one. Needs to go up. <laughs> it needs to go up, and so let's uh, we'll do, all be there. Yeah. I'll be watching it on the weekend. Um, I'm actually traveling this weekend too, so my oh, wife shit. was like, "Yeah, we're going on vacation to Estonia." Nice. And she was she was like, "Oh, like, do we need to like bring anything?" And I was like, "As long as we have Wi-Fi." She's like, "Why?" I was like, <laughs> also, I was like, why? gotta watch, gotta watch the the fucking Atleti game. And the worst part is, it's like, well, actually, yeah, it's at seven p.m., so that's two in the morning here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll be up, I'll be up watching it. Yeah. So. I'm going to look for you in the crowd, Johnny. I'm going to look for you. There you go. There you go. Oh, my God. Be, oh, my God. I know him. Yeah. You'll be, like, texting. You'll be, like, a bunch of beers deep. <laughs> Shh. It's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. So, speaking of, if you want to be in the dub for this or any other game, the W ticket uh, link is live on the website. If you've only just started yep. coming to games, reach out to all of us on social media or in person. Yeah. Um, just come down and talk to us, honestly. Hell, yeah. We love it. Um, hot stove again, Friday night, 7 p.m. I don't know if we yep. ever get Pacific fans on the hot stove. It would be nice if we could, though, this time. So if you know anyone who's a Pacific fan, uh, get them on the yeah, hot have stove. Yeah, have them reach out. Love yeah. it. 
Um, if you're going to the game or even if you're not pregame at the GCP at 4.30 p.m. Yeah. on Saturday. And I get in at like 11 a.m. So I'm going to already be half cut by the time the pregame <laughs> starts. So believe. I love it. I believe love it. Believe. This, yeah, I will. Believe. Uh, I'm going to put it in a performance. <laughs> I believe that. You're going to end up on the on the standouts. For this, I'll be in the standouts yeah. next, next week. <laughs> yeah. If you're there, let the server know that you are with CCSG. It's obviously yeah, easier for them to clock how many CCSGers are there for watch parties. It's a little less easy when it's before a home game. So let them know that's why you're there so that they know how much support um, we give our partnership with the GCP. Uh, as we said, it's a Mother's Day game, debut of a new jersey created in collab with Shelter Movers Ottawa. Shelter Movers is a national volunteer-powered charitable organization providing moving and storage services at no cost to individual and families who are fleeing abuse. They collaborate with local businesses and community agencies to support people, primarily women and children, as they transition to a life free of violence. So. This partnership that we've uh, made with Shelter Movers Ottawa aims to raise awareness and funds for the work that Shelter Movers do to tackle IPV. IPV, of course, means intimate partner violence, and it has recently been declared an epidemic in the city of Ottawa. This kit features uh, drawings from children uh, who have been uh, who have fleed situations like this with their idea of what family is. It's a really cool kit. It's very beautiful. A portion of the sales of each kit goes to Shelter Movers Ottawa. Um, it's purple with pink on it and stuff, and it has a way better kit sponsor than anyone that we've ever had. <laughs> it's way better than Come On and Maple Lodge Farms. Not to diss either of those companies, but it is it is a much better sponsor. And I I mean, if you haven't seen the kit, Google it. It is phenomenal. It is a good kit. Um, the colors are fun, but it's really just the the cause itself is amazing. And you know, you see videos of of Drew Becky and like some of the other players helping out, and I think it's it's an excellent initiative. And whoever at ATO who decided to partner with this organization, like hats off, that was an excellent excellent choice, and we're really happy to be partners with them. Yeah, it's a home run. We love seeing things like this. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Um. New stuff with CCSG. Patrick Gibson is continuing to do new articles with player ratings. And these are banger articles. If you hadn't read them yet, they're very good, very well researched. Um, and I agree with basically everything he says all the time. So yeah. I'm better start... than the AI generated garbage from FOTMOP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to probably continue and steal more and more and more from his articles as the season goes yeah. on until it's essentially just a podcast version of his articles. Same with the other yeah. new articles that Joey, you know, is writing with uh, the Week in Review. So yep, both agreed. very talented members of CCSG, great writers, doing great stuff. As always, you've got new designs in the shop, and just get your season tickets, even though we're a do couple it. games into the season, just get them anyway. So, Patty, what do you think? Good, uh, <laughs> good, positive looking forward after a pretty shitty result. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's like a nice, nice fro- bag of frozen peas on your on your, on your junk after you know you got kicked <laughs> in the junk earlier in the week. So. It's uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the the win with the loss, uh, and I I think that there's there is some positive aspects of it. So, um, thanks for tuning in, um, and hopefully we can put up some points this weekend when Johnny is down. Let's go.